and I would react. Yeah, yeah of course. It was Most my grandchild, yeah. and I would be the one arrested, not them. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to deal with assault charges, whatever, whatever the case yeah. may be. And I would happily stand up in court and basically reiterate what you said, that I would not allow that to happen. But it's a tricky game to play. And uh, as you've mentioned many times, it comes from leadership. And we don't have much, but that is a retired police officer who called in because the question I've been asking is, where are the cops? Why are the police not making arrests? Why are they not stepping into these protests that are very disruptive? Um, I don't think they're doing anything for the cause. You know, we've got on one side, you have a mob of protesters at the Eaton Center screaming and shouting and playing big eye in their masks. You're really tough, by the way, when you wear a mask, right? Like, ooh. But, you know, uttering threats like I'll put you six feet under and all the rest of it right in front of the cops. I mean, at what point do they arrest? What are the instructions they're being given? The one thing I, I look at is a situation where you've got these goons screaming in the face of Santa Claus looks like he's about to poop his drawers and he's got a toddler on his lap and then a three or four year old with uh, elf ears. That could have gone really badly. There could have been a parent there who just went nuclear because now you're in their kid's face. So a lot can go wrong. But again, if we're a rule of law country, you know, if we have police and they can do the job, why are they not stopping what we've been watching for the last 10 or 11 weeks. Let me bring in Mr. John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association. Been a while. Great to have you. Yeah, good morning, Alex. Thank you for having me today. What are you hearing from your officers as far as these protests, as we're seeing them, right? Like they're somewhat spont- you know, spontaneous. Uh, there's a lot going on at them, but they're, they're, they're escalating. What are they telling you? So uh, I think our members are concerned, obviously. Um, but once again, you know, their job is to keep the peace. That's one of their primary functions. Um, you know, it's, it's not to cause more issues, um, you know, affecting an arrest that they may not be able to do safely. Now, I, I think a lot of the instances, uh, if you go back to where the officer was actually assaulted and pushed off the bicycle, right. where there were allegations leveled that the police officers were trying to block cameras. But in fact, that's not the case. What actually happens, everything mm-hmm. takes place. You know, the officers were affecting the arrest. The other officers are preventing anybody else from that crowd or that mob from getting involved in the arrest and interfering with it. And that's one of the functions of the police, once again, to make sure if we do arrest somebody, to make sure it can be done safely and effectively. Right. But at one point, I mean, yeah, people will say, well, it's my freedom of speech, which, you know, or, or it's my right to protest. And okay, you can protest, but you can't go shut down malls. You can't go shut down, um, you know, stores. You can't lie down in a mall. That's private property. And, and you know, yelling in the kid... Yeah, kids face on Santa. I mean, this is going to go very badly at some point. And I just think there's growing anger um, because at some point we are either a rule of law country or we're not. It's, you can, we can say, let's keep the peace. But I know that if, if I went in there and did that or someone else just did that, they'd get arrested. And so I think people are wondering, how can we be a rule of law country when the rules clearly aren't being followed? And it's some people who get away with it and some don't. So I think, once again, you have to look at all these situations, especially with large crowds and with the number of police officers are there to um, to assist in making sure that protests run safely. You know, officers have to look but at... But these are not the- sanctioned protests. I mean, these are illegal protests. They don't have permits. And they're no, just appreciate- walking in the malls. Like, the, the tr- I get the... the- I get the complications of this because it's not like they're out there identifying themselves. Sometimes they hide their stuff and then go, go inside and it's almost like a, a flash mob, right, where they just jump up. But... You know, other countries are, are, are 
getting tough. France is, Germany is, Germany's outlawed masks. But again, something's got to change. I don't, I don't see how this is sustainable. No, I, I totally agree with you. You know, when, when I was speaking about the protests, I was talking about the larger ones outside. Right. Uh, what faced in the mall, um, you know, the other day is absolutely uh, inconscionable. It should not be taking place. You know, these things should not be taking place. Were people out trying to enjoy themselves for Christmas and get ready for Christmas? And what we saw and posted on video, um, totally unacceptable. I can tell you the officers involved there, they were not the ones that the threats were being leveled at. Um, the threats were being leveled at a civilian. The officers did, in fact, speak with a civilian who did not want to proceed with any kind of charges at all. Um, and that's why no arrest was made at that time. Uh, there was an ongoing investigation. But to your point, I think when people walk around masked, threatening people, um, you know, that's that's something which should not be taking place here in, in Canada and Toronto. It should be outlawed. I mean, we have right now, as you know, armed heists happening of very expensive stores um, with these mob and organized gang um, theft rings. So we've got that. Then you've got these protesters who hide behind uh, all of a sudden they care about COVID masks. And, and again, I, I think we're really naive if we think that that this is not going to co- cause a problem at some point. I think um, certainly Jewish communities have been patient that patience is worn really, really thin. But I think society at large, whether or not they're um, watching the situation, feel empathy for the situation, and I think most John do, but but we live in Canada. And and I just, I don't see how this is something that can continue if we want to continue to call ourselves a rule of law country, because I think we're, set, I'm, I think we're setting some very dangerous precedents. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, I think, from that point of view. This, a lot of this comes from our leaders. You know, I'll bring you back to the... Where are they? <laughs> Well, we had the officer from um, an off-duty officer at the Best Buy being slashed, mm-hmm. trying to effect an arrest for mm-hmm. a shoplift. Mm-hmm. And here we have the leader of Toronto, not a word. You know, and we've had several instances now where officers have actually been injured. Once again, our mayor, not a word. And I, and I am very concerned when we have someone, and a mayor, leader of Toronto, not willing to stand behind the police officers who are out there trying to keep everybody safe. No, that should be alarming to the general public. And the public should be standing up and saying, listen, that's not right. We need to make sure we get out there. We support our police. We support the police when they take action. And when the police, you know, make a decision to arrest somebody. And the reality of policing, when you try to arrest someone that doesn't want to get arrested, it's not pretty. But that's the reality of it. Are they um, gathering intel? Are there, are there groups within those protests, John, and you know, don't have to tell me your tactics, but are there groups in there collecting intel? Um, well, I can tell you, you know, generally, uh, we're always out collecting information, collecting intelligence about what's going on on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, that's part of the, the policing function. You know, and that's how we hopefully get ahead of a lot of these situations. And our goal always, you know, as police officers, we're trying to defuse things. We're not trying to cause things to make things worse. We try and defuse them and try and deal with them uh, at the early stages. Yeah, I get that. De-escalation always. But again, I think we are uh, handcuffing our, our police from, from doing uh, the job. And frankly, I think we're at a point in this country where we just keep uh, letting people get away with stuff. And we've normalized a lot of really, really bad behavior. And I just don't know where the end is. Um, I'm out of time, John. I thank you for jumping in. I don't think I'll bug you again before Christmas, but I might. Nope. But if I don't, talk to you again. Merry Christmas. Feel free to uh, bug me anytime, especially over Christmas as well. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You as well to you and all your uh, officers on uh, the front line. I kind of think it's got to be very frustrating for officers on the front lines, right? You know, because they get judged for it. But this is not sustainable. It's just not.